0: Now for something completely different. One of the biggest stories in tech this week is the much-anticipated release of a game for the Nintendo Switch. Normally, the consumer experience of gaming isn't something we put a lot of focus on here at TC, but this is no ordinary game. Tears of the Kingdom is the sequel to Nintendo's debut smash hit for the Switch, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That game was released a seemingly impossible six years ago now, and expectations were inconceivably high for the follow-up. What's even more amazing is that Nintendo has, by most accounts, actually exceeded those expectations, delivering a Zelda game that feels comfortably familiar to Breath of the Wild, while innovating and improving gameplay in almost every way. I'm Daryl Etherington, and this is the TechCrunch Podcast, where we talk about the top stories in tech with the people who cover them. Today, we're talking to Taylor Hatmaker about what shenanigans Link is getting up to in Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hey, Taylor, how's it going?
1: I'm good. How are
0: you? Great. This is a very exciting day for me because we're talking about something fun for once.
1: It's not Congress. It's not like (laughs) policy, terrorism, whatever.
0: (laughs) Yes. Usually when Taylor graces us with her presence, it's because something has gone terribly wrong. But today it's because something has gone terribly right. And that is Zelda. Legend of Zelda. Let me say the name properly. The Legend of Zelda colon Tears of the Kingdom. I think that's what it is. I may be wrong yeah. here, but definitely Tears of the Kingdom. People know what I'm talking about. It's on the Nintendo Switch, it's came out May 12th, so that's last Friday as we're recording this. And you've put in a fair amount of time, I think, some sweat equity into uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> so I have, you know,
1: I did it all for TechCrunch. It's been it was a really big ask, but I was like, sure, I'll just play a lot of Zelda. Like you
0: toughed it out. I'll do
1: it just for you guys.
0: <laughs> well, we just appreciate I it.
1: Bleed green. <laughs>
0: So this game, obviously, very, very, very highly anticipated. It's the sequel to the original Zelda for the Switch, which was Breath of the Wild. That came out six years ago. Hard to believe it came out six years ago. I was thinking about that, and I was like, wow, it's been six years since the Switch came out? And, you know, this is a side topic, but there's no hardware successor to it, right? We're still on the Switch, same hardware, playing this game. The game looks and feels quite similar in a lot of ways, right? But... At the same time, it's also a huge expansion of just about everything that made that original game great.
1: It's true. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, I'm sure you were struck by this, too. But when you open the game, you're just like, oh, this is the same. It just kind of picks up right where the other game left off. A little bit of time passes. But you're like, okay, the controls are exactly the same. All the little sound effects are exactly the same. You know, it felt extremely familiar. Cooking but,
0: cooking is yeah, the same. Yeah, you get the
1: little song and you're like, shh, shh, shh. you know, I can't
0: make the song. Can you make the song? <laughs> yeah. I like the song. <laughs> I don't think that's right, but I know.
1: We need a sound <laughs> for the little song. <laughs> 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 yeah, all of that's like the same. So you, when you start out, you're like, wow, this is really familiar. And, you know, what did you think about the starting area? I thought the starting area is pretty cool. It was pretty big.
0: It was really cool, yeah. So that the starting area is interesting because it kind of brings in one of the big changes in the game, in that there are multiple altitudes. I would say that you can operate at in this game. There's high in the air, which is where you begin, and sort of a archipelago. Is that how the, what the how you say that word? Archipelago, archipelago of islands in the sky, which is a Weezer song, I think. On and on and sky. We'll be
1: A a beautiful
0: song. Yes. Yeah, it is. But it is fun. And it's it's a fun way to either remind you of the fundamentals if you haven't played the game and then introduce some of the new mechanics or introduce you to all of them if this is your first time. Which, by the way, you totally can just pick this up and start playing this without having played Breath of the Wild. And I don't think you're going to feel too lost. Only in that... A lot of the Zelda games kind of exist in a vacuum for one another. Like this one does follow straight continuity from the other one, but it, you know, you could look at a YouTube or something and if you really want to, it, although it's also totally valid to go play that game and you're going to have just as much fun as we did six years ago or whatever, playing that game before. You yeah. I think you
1: game. could do either thing. I think you could pick up this game and because I feel like this game in some ways like contains breath of the wild and then just like adds a bunch more breath of the wild into breath of the wild. It's like that. Exhibit meme or whatever, where he's like, yeah. "We heard you like hard, so you like cards and cards. Like it feels very or whatever, <laughs> you know, it feels like very much like that. It's just like extra, extra Breath of the Wild. So if you're like, hey, I just want to start out and like I have to play this whole other like 200 hour long game to catch up, it's like, no, just pick up this game. You know, the plot can be summarized in probably 45 seconds. We yeah. won't do that here, but yeah, you can watch a short YouTube video. I also like the plot of this game better already. I think like the world seems more interesting, and again, it kind of contains the other world." In most ways. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to feel pressure to play the other games. I like the vibe of this game. It's like people, Hyrule is rebuilding. There's like archaeology, little like encampments and stuff around, like studying new phenomena. It's was like kind of a fun vibe.
0: Yes, absolutely. It is fun. I, I think it is, it's, it's much more compelling to me, too. Like, I don't remember a lot of the specifics of the story of the original and they they just weren't that sticky or compelling to me while I was in it. But this one with the side characters and kind of each of their stories too, as you're gathering your crew going around the world, like a lot of that is really compelling to me. And the even tertiary stuff that you're talking about, like with the archaeology as well. Super, super cool. And it, yeah, it just feels like the curiosity is there like these games are all about curiosity, but they've really like built that into the world and the storytelling as well, which is fun.
1: Totally. Something I love about this game that I think it has even more so than the last game. And I'll try to avoid a few spoilers here since like, I think Daryl and I played like, I probably believe 25 hours or something at this point. Like, um, it's kind of hard to know where other people are in the game. So I don't want to like ruin anything yes. me, just in case, but it um, can
0: be very linear, but it's also <clears throat> extremely not right. Like most yeah, people you do could, not like, play it
1: not find something in a kind of obvious place until like 100 hours in the game. Yeah. That would be like sort of normal for this game, which is what makes it fun. There's something I love about this game. We can get into the abilities in a second because that's like obviously the big new addition. But it, it like builds on a lot of different ways to play. Like I feel like Breath of the Wild did encourage a lot of exploration, obviously. And it encouraged like creative problem solving. But this game like really takes that to the extreme. So if you're like, I want to play this game like Minecraft or like Legos or something like you could basically do that. Yeah. If you want to play this game like almost like a roguelike or even like a metroidvania you can do that which is like definitely my stuff like i'm like yes i love that vibe there's like survival elements you know and all of that's just kind of like turned up the dials turned up in this game in a really fun way where you can play it how you want
0: yeah and you can ping between those too so if like at some yeah. point you're like oh i was playing it in this way and i'd rather play it in this way you can just switch that mm-hmm. s- seamlessly like in the midst and i love that yeah. there's not it doesn't feel like there's it feels like there's stakes without there being like really punishing stakes, right? Like there are big like enemies or clusters of enemies or whatever, and you do that Metroidvania approach or the Souls-like approach, even of like, oh, that bad guy is going to kill me, but I'm going to keep going back and build my strategy and like get the timing down and then like defeat them. Like you can absolutely do that, but then you can also say like, I'm just going to like build around this. Because I can see how I can do that. Like, you can just go ahead and do that instead.
1: Yeah, it's super fun that you can kind of, like, tackle things head on in an obvious way. Or you can just be like, no, I'm going to, like, you know, build some root or device yeah. to, like, drop something on this guy's head or whatever.
0: That um, is... Oh which God. we should get into the... We should get into <laughs> the The building. abilities
1: are, like, the big <laughs> new thing, right? So, like, yeah. the four abilities... The last game had Magnesis cryonis or whatever it was called it was like the ice one and then there was was there like a time freezing one i, I think so
0: called. yes yeah there was yeah
1: you know you could kind of play that game with the abilities or you could like forget about them a lot of the time mm-hmm. like they're probably ones that people use more than others or ones you just like, kind of rarely use because they you didn't like them for whatever reason but this game introduces all those old abilities are gone some of them the new ones keep a little bit of the same theming, but the new abilities are something called recall <laughs> one called Ascend, one called Fuse, and one called Ultra Hand. And I would say like the last two kind of go together so we can talk about them together. But like Recall is kind of like you freeze time on an object and can like rewind it through time, which is very fun. Mm -hmm. And is kind of like, you know, an ability in the last game.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. When they introduce it, they use it kind of for platforming. But yeah, you can also use it for combat. You can use it for all kinds of things, right? Like just reversing the course of an object that is free moving through space, as well as like fixed objects that are platforms or whatever that are rotating. So, super cool. I'm sure th- this game has the ability to both make me feel super smart and creative, and then also make me feel like so dumb and simple. Like, I'm oh, like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, how do I, like, h- what is the creative solution to this? Like, my brain doesn't grok it, right? Especially if you start dipping into YouTube or anything with this, and then you're like, Oh wow, I like that. That can do that. Like, there's so many moments of that when I'm just totally. looking at YouTube.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the big ability of the ones that are new in this game, ascend, is one where you can like kind of float up through a mountain. That's cool, kind of straightforward, but yeah. fun for navigation. And then there's two called fuse and ultra hand. Fuse lets you attach any object to your weapon, which is really cool and solves like the weapon durability issue that made the first game kind of stressful sometimes. They're just like annoying, yeah. You don't want to carry around like a bunch of cool weapons and never get to use them because you were like, well, what if a big guy comes out of the bushes or whatever? So this solves that problem like outright, which is awesome. And then the big, big new ability is called Ultra Hand. So when we're talking about people building stuff, or if you've like seen, I don't even think it's a spoiler at this point. It's like so much out there. Like um, the like people torturing ups is like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's very good. Like launching them into space. Like I hate those things. I think they're so annoying. They're very annoying. I don't want the sound like, there's a part I just started hating about the first game eventually. So I love that we're just torturing those guys by building like really elaborate like vehicles and contraptions with this new ability that lets you attach things to other things. So you can like attach most objects in the world to each other, and then you can animate them through these other new things in the game.
0: Yes, which as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, right. You could use that in combination with Rewind and probably to great effect, but I had never thought of it previously.
1: <laughs> totally, yeah. How <laughs> these like, abilities interact with each other is only just starting to become clear to me. And I'm like, oh, like... There might be something that seems obvious once you've seen it like on youtube or whatever i, I try not to watch that stuff because yeah. it's fun to figure out but like yeah this stuff all interacts and like the interactions are complex also like the recall ability for example that lets you rewind time i just realized like has a much further range than the ultra hand ability which lets you grab stuff right. so like that interaction is pretty interesting and strategic because you're like oh i can like rewind something that's really far away from me but i can't grab it you know so.
0: yeah yeah i also so I just have had this stuff infiltrate my YouTube feed, but I am definitely not seeking it out. And I, like you, Taylor, would rather avoid most of it and try to use my, my own dumb meat brain to figure out as much as I can, right? Even if that's a limited in capacity. Because it, it, like you said with the other game, like you can conceivably play this in a way that it kind of even ignores all of the hand stuff. I think Rewind, there are things yeah. that you like actually require, but they're very basic uses of it. But and similar to that, but like that's just kind of in the tutorial levels when they're like, here's how to use this thing. You need to use it in this way to get to the next one just because we want we want to teach you how to use it should you choose to engage that in future. But then when you get into the actual thing, you could probably do a run where you like don't at all use any of those powers, I would imagine, right?
1: Yeah, like outside of the shrines, I would say the shrines have like kind of a cool, oh, even yeah. more rewarding vibe this time where they're like, it's even more like a tutorial for cool ideas because each one, some of them in the last one were like, hey, we're going to show you something cool you haven't thought of, but some of them weren't necessarily like that. But the yeah. shrines are like little standalone puzzles that are awesome because they're like bite-sized. So even if you... Get bored with it you can teleport out of it or if you get frustrated you can just be like well you know it's probably only a five minute puzzle i'll just stare at it a little bit longer yeah in those sometimes they'll be like teaching you something specific about a specific ability which is really useful kind of expands your way of looking at the abilities but outside of that yeah you can play this game however you want which is cool and also like aside from the creative aspect i do think the game adds like a ton to the exploration side yeah. which is very much what i like love in the game like i'm never going to be one of these people building like you know, wild, you know, Trojan horses or whatever kind of crazy right. stuff people are putting on Twitter and whatever. Because they're like wheels and there's like kind of like rustic technology in this game now that comes up in the plot. But there, there's lots of devices, like you can build rocket ships, you can build cars. It's very wild.
0: Yeah. And many of these devices you come across in those shrines, like you said, where they explain how to use them. Or a lot of them I came across for the first time just in the world. And then you're like, what is this thing? And you just... And
1: it's cool. There's just like a bunch of stuff laying around.
0: Yeah. And you hit it and it does something. And then that's your introduction to it, right? Because it's very much like a when in doubt, hit the thing.
1: (laughs) Totally. There's like little packets of stuff like all throughout the kingdom. Like there's like little staged areas that have like materials. So they'll have like wood or like wheels or like different materials you can use to construct things. Which is like kind of funny because it it gives me the vibe that there's like a, like a public works project going yes. on and they're like, we're rebuilding, you know? And I, it's like, a, it has like a political element to it where you're like, okay, like the kingdom of Hyrule, like the, you know, the monarchy is like, okay, we're going to distribute this stuff. You guys can rebuild your kingdom. It's, it's just like a it's kind of cool because it fits into the narrative I think that's kind of
0: fun yeah no it is and there's signage to that effect and then there's like sub characters and subplots around that too of like where does power accrue then and when you have this public works project and they, who's in charge of that and then you know what what do they become in the eyes of the people <laughs> it's very yeah, totally. very advanced very actually fun. yeah
1: I will say like you know other than the abilities in the game I think the other big thing like you were saying about the game adding you know the sky islands on and on.
0: Sky. We'll be playing
1: this game adds like a ton of kind of like verticality. Yes. And a ton of. There are additions, without spoiling anything, there are additions to the game that make the fact that it's happening on the same map as last time. Not boring yeah. because, like, personally, I love I love exploring maps. It's like I think I played the first I, th- I played of a Wild for whatever reason at the first TechCrunch Disrupt event. I, I think it was like in 2017, mm-hmm. and I was like every time we were on stage or whatever, I was like in my hotel room just like like plugging in the corners of the map, you know, just like it, filling in the map. That's like the most fun thing to me. If the map went on forever, that would be ideal. So like this game definitely has a lot of stuff that makes that more satisfying, even if you know the existing map. Yeah, um, there are more layers to it. It's more complex this time in a very very
0: cool way absolutely and it's it is a thing too where you there's like the joy of traversal is very big in this game too because it it initially seems at least for me i was like i did what do you mean there's like all this vertical space like that's not in my move set or my manipulation set based on what my knowledge was of the prior game right but then it gives you stuff like that ascend power that you were talking about and like some of the contraptions and gadgets that are available that do make almost infinite like six degrees of freedom movement totally possible and practical, right?
1: Yeah, I think what's really fun about this game and it feels a little bit different than Breath of the Wild is like the developers were clearly like, okay, we've seen everything that people did with this game over the last six years, the first game. And we acknowledge that we made something really special. And so this time I feel like they were just like, what if we just made it as absolutely fun as possible? Like you could do anything in this world that you think would be fun Even if these things would feel like cheating in a normal video game, like, I think one of the things was even a development tool, Ascend, was a development tool that got turned into an actual game, because it's usually like, you teleporting up through the roof of a cavern or whatever wouldn't be like a normal thing you could do in a game, but it makes it a hell of a lot more fun when you don't have to backtrack. So they were just like, hey, anything that would be a pain point or sort of boring or whatever, forget that stuff, like just explore this world and like as many dimensions as possible and have a lot of fun. And there are a lot of cool secrets too that are like really, really fun to discover. And one big one that Nintendo didn't spoil, which I think is super cool. And I still can't figure out if Daryl has encountered it or not. So I'm not gonna spoil don't it for him, so. but I really want to find it soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna look for this now.
1: Uh oh, we're but- not gonna talk about it, but I really want to. But no, I'm not going to.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to end. Don't
1: read my don't read my thing I wrote. Don't read on techcrush.com if you haven't found that thing.
0: Or the rare not to read something on TechCrunch.com on the TechCrunch podcast (laughs) is a good place to Do not read this website. This website is
1: full of spoilers. (laughs) It'll rot your brain.
0: Yeah, but please read the rest of TechCrunch.com. And also, just just like quit your startup and just play this game probably is good parting advice for this. That's
1: what we did. We're quitting, actually. (laughs) Our startup, (laughs) TechCrunch.com. We're just going to play the game
0: now. Here are the stories we're willing to take a break from Tears of the Kingdom to actually read. Smart TVs these days are already riddled with ads and privacy nightmares, but a new one takes the cake. Made by hardware startup Telly, this new smart TV is available free of charge, but the catch is that it comes complete with a second screen that permanently and constantly shows ads while you watch. It should come as no surprise, then, that the so-called free television is a mess when it comes to the privacy policy you agree to when using it. You know what they say, if a product is free, then you're actually the product. Check out more on this from Lauren Forrestal and Zach Whitaker on TC. One-time media heavyweight Vice has filed for bankruptcy, a not-unexpected outcome for a brand beleaguered by cuts and layoffs. Vice has been around for nearly three decades now and has seen a number of transformations and evolutions, including from a glossy print magazine to a cable television channel to most things in between. It's hard to believe that only six years ago, Vice had a valuation of $5.7 billion and was evaluating a path to the public markets via IPO. More on this from Amanda Silberling on TechCrunch. Elon Musk teased last week that he had hired a new CEO and then almost immediately revealed who it was, despite seeming like he wanted to keep it under wraps for a bit. The incoming CEO is Linda Yaccarino, formerly a high-ranking advertising executive at NBC Universal. Yaccarino's appointment signals that Elon is keen to make good with advertisers on Twitter, despite early attempts to generate alternate revenue streams from subscriptions. Read more about this on TechCrunch from Amanda Silberling. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can read all of the stories we talked about at TechCrunch.com. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and review. Join us at Disrupt 2023 in San Francisco this September and save up to $600 when you buy or pass now through August 11th. Plus, save 15% more on top of that with promo code CRUNCH. Visit TechCrunch.com slash Disrupt to learn more. As always, don't miss the other TC podcasts we have found, Equity, Chain Reaction, and the TechCrunch Live podcast. See you next week. The TechCrunch podcast is hosted by myself, managing editor Daryl Etherington. We're produced by Maggie Stamitz with editing by Cal. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.